Uh, so as Neil said, yeah, my name is Ashley. And it is my privilege to be sharing with you today. I have been at Cornerstone for, um, yeah, about 10 years. Um, and since then, yeah, I came as a single girl. Now married, a little extra fluffy around the edges. Um, had a baby and, uh, yeah, life is good. We are enjoying our beautiful one-year-old and she is delightful. She is busy, uh, but it is fun. I am a Darwin girl, born and bred. And this time of the year, there's something I just love. Not the weather, of course, how sweltering is it? But there is one amazing thing about this time of year in Darwin, the mangoes. Anybody had a mango yet? Yeah, thanks. So I got a box the other week at the, near the, um, just down from Crocodilis, you know, across from the cop shop there, and they, they were sitting in the fridge for a bit, you know, just ripening. And uh, I had one the other day and I was like, oh, this is so delicious. This is so good. Nice, chilled. And Bethany was there and she was eating some berries and things. And I had this thought. I was like, wouldn't it be amazing if you could have all your favourite fruits growing on the one tree? Yeah? Do you know it's actually a thing? Did you know that? I didn't know that. I found that out this week. But fascinating, fun fact for you, you can get online. There is actually a company that what they do is they have these trees called fruit salad trees. They are basically multi-grafted, which means that you can get an apple tree with a whole different variety of apples on it. Granny Smith, Pink Ladies, Royal Gala, whatever you like. You could do it with citrus, my favourite, stone fruit, so you can get just in time for Christmas, your nectarines, your plums, your peaches all on one tree. How handy would that be, right? I thought it was, I thought it was amazing. Uh, and I was like, how, how good? How good for us? We're going to jump in and look at Galatians 5, 23. And if you've been around church, you have probably heard this passage numerous times. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And today we're actually just going to be looking at joy. Now, uh, the context of this book is it's a letter written by Paul to the church at Galatia. And in this chapter, he's instructed them how to live in the freedom that they and we have in Christ. And he's saying, don't be a slave to the law when you now have life by the Spirit. He speaks of our sinful nature and then the Holy Spirit who guides our lives and how these are at odds with one another. He warns us, don't follow the desires of your sinful nature. That leads to sexual immorality, purity, impurity, sorry, uh, idolatry, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, etc. Uh, instead, he says, no, live by the Spirit. Holy Spirit produces that kind. So, Oh, can we go back? Yeah, seeds of joy is good. Next one, perfect. So my message today is titled Seeds of Joy. Seeds of joy. I'm just going to pray before we start. So if you just bow your head with me. Lord, open our hearts to hear what you want to say to us today. May my words be clear and your message find its place in each of our hearts. Father, I pray that what you've already spoken through the worship, through the uh, communion message, through what Phil shared as well, uh, would just be an extension of what I'm sharing today, Lord. Speak to us in and through all of it. Thank you, Jesus. So as I said, our focus today is joy. Joy, what is it? Is it just happy? 
Is it just things going well in life? Is it something deeper? Is it something we pursue? Is it a state of mind or a state of being? Is it easy to attain or is it something that happens to us? Is it a choice? Does it increase over time? Is it really that necessary in our lives? Can we just keep going on and it doesn't matter if we've got too much joy or not, we can still live. Maybe you can take a moment to think back at a time when you felt most joyful. Maybe it was the day that you accepted Jesus as your saviour. Maybe it was the day you got married or at your, child, your first child or children were born. Maybe it's when you got a job that you'd been hoping for. Perhaps though you can't actually remember a time when you were really joyful. Maybe there's only a scattered few times where you can say, yeah, I've actually felt really deep joy. I want to suggest two things to you today as we go on. The first is that God actually wants you to be joyful. He actually wants that for your life. He wants you to be joy-filled. That's his desire, his longing, his heart for you. And the second one is that as we abide in Christ, joy grows in us, joy sustains us, Sorry, joy matures us, and joy fills us. And we'll start with joy grows in us. And as we read in Galatians, you can flip to the next one, uh, it says there at the beginning, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. It's not something that we can make grow in our own strength or by our own will, but it's only by the work of the Holy Spirit. But just like any seed that we put in the ground, it needs where the seed needs soil, nutrient-rich soil. It needs the water. It needs the sunlight. It needs the fertilizer. Just like a little seed, we can have hearts that are a place where joy can be cultivated. You know, this is just, I guess, the beginning of what God wants to do in and through our lives. At the, at the beginning of Galatians, it's saying, or sorry, the beginning of chapter 5, it, it speaks to us saying, put off those sinful desires. But as we allow that soil of our hearts to be cultivated by the Holy Spirit, I want to suggest two things that we need to be that soil, or be in that soil to make it rich and uh, that, that space where the Holy Spirit can cultivate joy. Is that making sense to you? Yeah? Cool. Uh, so the first one is thankfulness. You know, interestingly, the Greek word for thankful or to be thankful is eucharisto. Now, I'm kind of glad that um, Shannon and Nick aren't here because I probably destroyed the Greek on how do you actually say that. But uh, eucharisto is meaning, it means thankfulness. Now, the root word for that, kara, is actually joy. So they actually go hand in hand. To be thankful is to be joyful. Um, one of my favourite authors, Anne Voskamp, um, she's a Canadian author and she's written a book called 1000 Gifts. And she, she tells her story in this book where she dared herself to write down three things each day that she was thankful for. And she shares that before that, you know, her life had uh, been filled with anxiety and depression and uh, coming out of a lot of trauma. 
And as she goes through the book and she shares just how God shaped and changed her heart, she, she shares this transformed story uh, of having just simply thankfulness in her life. You know, we can be thankful for many different things. You know, we can be thankful for the beautiful sunrise when we wake up in the morning or the sunset, whatever it may be. We can be thankful for the people in our lives, our husbands, wives, friends, children. But ultimately, should we have a deep thankfulness for who God is and what he has done for us? Because as we've heard today, he did not spare anything but put himself on that cross for us. Isn't that a reason to be thankful? Isn't that a reason to be grateful? You know, is that actually permeating our day? Or do we just go through the motions of life without actually realizing, hang on, I am so grateful for my heart beating and for the breath in my lungs that God has given me, but not just that he's given me those things and he sustains me in that, but God, let me be thankful for the many riches and blessings that he has poured out. I feel like we have a reason to be thankful. You've ever met someone who really isn't thankful? and kind of depressing to be around? Maybe because they don't have that joy. Maybe because they're not filled with anything that is overflowing with joy. Secondly, I want to think about obedience. You know, doing what God has called you to do and doing what God has called you to do. I didn't make a mistake. I said the same thing twice. But that called, we can start with called as a capital C or called with a little c. Now, that little c is the things that we're called to just as Christians. We are called to be Jesus' hands and feet in the world. We are called to be a living sacrifice. We are called to lay off our flesh and to follow him, to worship in spirit and in truth. These are generic things that we as Christians are all called to do, that we are called to be obedient in that. But then also, we have a capital C called. Maybe that is your specific task, job, thing that God has called you to do. Okay, maybe, maybe you are called to go and teach kids in an orphanage in Africa. Maybe. Maybe you're just called to be in your workplace where you are. Maybe you're called to stay at home and be with your babies. But what has God called you to do in this season, in this time? And are we being faithful in that? You know, people ask me often, when are you going back to work? When are you going back to work? And it's really interesting because in the depths of me, I really strongly know that right now in this season of life, my job, what God has called me to do is to pour out my life for my little girl, is to be a witness to her of who Jesus is I don't need to chase the uh, corporate ladder or go back to teaching or spending my days away from home. Now, that might not be your call. Maybe that's not what you're called to do. But I know right now this is actually where God has got me and placed me. And so whatever that is for you, we are called to be faithful in that. You know, and as we nourish our hearts with this thankfulness, this faithful obedience, we see that joy, that little seed, start to grow in us. Our second point for today is joy sustains us. 
In our little seed of joy, it starts to grow, and it do, as it does, it starts to face some weather. It needs to keep growing and building deep roots in order to survive and continue to mature and flourish. And uh, James 1, verse 2, it says there, Count it all joy when you face trials of many kind. Now, I've done some study on this verse. <laughs> I'd spent a few weeks ago, it was a Wednesday, and I really spent a whole stack of time looking at this verse. And then Thursday came around. Thursday was completely different. I, uh, I had woken up in the morning and um, I needed to do some catering actually for the cafe that day. And so I had everything planned out because I only had the day to do it. And I was like, okay, how is this going to work? Okay, I've got, I've got to get this all sorted and ordered. I've got to get to the shops. I've got to figure all this. Anyway, I'm ready to go. I've got my bags, got Beth. I'm ready to get out the door. Oh no, where's my keys? What had happened? I thought my keys had been locked. My house keys were in the center console of my car. My car keys were in the house. My house keys were in the car. At this point in time, Aiden had gone to work. I was stuck inside my house. I was able to unlock my car, but I could not get the keys out of the car to open the door to get out. I was literally locked in my home. I was super safe that day. And I was like, are you serious? Just the day when I need to get things done, I'm standing here stuck. Now, luckily, I was actually texting a friend in that moment, in that day, and I, and, and I was like, oh, like, okay, maybe she's available. And so I'm messaging, hey, are you heading out at all? I'm actually stuck in my house. Yep, yep, I can come. I can, I can be there. Sweet, thanks. Anyway, as I'm still getting in and doing other bits and pieces, I, wait a moment, I put my hand up the top of our cabinet and what did I find but my, my house keys? I'm like, oh my gosh, how embarrassing is this? Anyway, I quickly call her back. It's okay, I've actually found my keys. Off we go, we're heading up to the shops. We get all of our stuff and I've piled up the trolley, get into the car, get home, Bethany's down for a sleep. Right, I can prep for this event. And so I'm prepping the things that I can and I've got this couscous salad and I'm like, yeah, it says quinoa, but I'll use couscous, okay. Let me just say, I just destroyed the couscous. If the couscous is supposed to be nice and fluffy, I had clumps. And I was like, oh, I just, I don't feel like I can, I can't serve this. Anyway, I was like, that's all right, I've got time because after she wakes, we head to church, I'll sneak, sneak past the um, Woolies Bakewell on the way and I will get some couscous and I'll fix it up um, or, or I'll buy some quinoa. Anyway, so that, that comes and I get to the shops and it's, it's about 5.30. It's the worst time of the day to be at the shops, if you know, after work and everything like that. So I'm rushing through the shops, find it, and I've got her on my hip and I'm carrying it all. We get out to the car, shove her in. I'm about to reverse and I look and I'm like, is that guy moving? Is, is his car moving? Oh no, it, it, it looks like it's stationary. I start to reverse a bit. Oh my gosh, it is moving. Bam. I was like, what the heck? Okay, I've just had this car accident. Oh my goodness, he's just reversed into me. Not what I need in this moment. I'm, I'm still in my head going, I have got a billion things to do before I get home tonight. Okay, I'll get out of the car. Dealing with that, uh, there were some lovely people nearby who ended up chatting with Beth. Anyway, we get here to church and I, I finish and, and I can start prepping things. Anyway, it was this moment where I went, hang on, 
Count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. As I was driving along Whitewood Road, I just laughed because I was like, is this, is this for real that this is my day? And these are the things that, God, you're, you, you know, I've just been looking at count it all joy and now I have to actually put my money where my mouth is or put my actions where my mouth is. So I was like, okay, counting it all joy right now. It was in that moment, though, that I stopped and I was like, this is not good what has happened. But God is still good, right? It's not good what happened. It was frustrating. But as I stopped and I looked, there was something I realized. What was my focus or perspective? I could focus on all the things that I felt went wrong in that day. Or, actually, what did I see? I saw community come around me in a way that only God had orchestrated. I was on the phone to Marie that morning, messaging. Marie, I'm stuck. Can you help me? Absolutely. I'm, I'm getting my stuff and I'm going to be there. Thanks, Marie, for saving, potentially saving me. When I had the car accident, the two people who witnessed everything, who then have become witnesses, so we actually, because it wasn't my fault, don't have to pay, but they um, witnessed everything. They were really close family friends of, of ours. And they were like, oh, we saw it all, were able to go comfort me in that moment, but also um, chat with Bethany while I sorted things out. On the way, as I was driving, I was like, oh, what's the regs on, on um, car seats? Because we've now had this impact. I've, I'd read stuff where you can't get the kids out of the seats. And I was like, I don't think it was that bad, but maybe I should check, I don't know. And um, I was like, who do I know who's got medical you know, background at all that I could quickly contact? I'd already been talking to Mark and Odette during the day. I called up Mark, yo, I'm heading to church to get the food ready for the cafe. This has just happened. He texts back, Odette will be there four minutes, you know, ETA four minutes. And I just stopped and went, God, on a day where I felt like, oh, it, it became these hurdles, you brought community around me. Now, I could focus on the situation or I could focus on how I was loved in that moment. You know, Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy in God and what he has done for us is what strengthens and sustains us. And the context of this verse is the people have just been hearing uh, from Ezra and Nehemiah and they've just been learning about the law of Moses but now they fully understand it and they start to weep like oh my goodness so they're understanding the realities of what the word says and Nehemiah says to them, no, hang on hang on don't don't be don't be tearful in this. This is actually great joy. This is, this is actually time for great joy and celebration. He says, go and have a feast. Go and be joyful because the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, God sustains us when we abide in him. Let's keep reading in uh, James 1-2. <clears throat> Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And going along in Romans 5, verse 1 to 5, it says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, 
We have peace with God because of what Christ Jesus, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And in these scriptures, we are being encouraged to be joyful because our faith is being tested so as to produce endurance and greater trust in God and a deeper intimacy with him. How awesome is that? You know, I've shared with you my Thursday. But my Monday looked really different that week. I sat in a... Uh, sat in a waiting room and um, I'd been rushed through for an emergency mammogram. It's a bit different from spoiled couscous, isn't it? Trials of many kinds. A few days leading up to that, when the doctor was asking me multiple questions, I knew what she was indicating. I looked at my daughter differently those days after that. <laughs> I went in, took the photos, thought it was all good. I said, can you come back in? We want to take a few more. Okay. I knew I'd been speaking on joy. I knew that this was going to be what God had placed on my heart. And again, here I was finding, I have a choice right now. What will I let consume my thoughts? Will I let fear? Will I choose joy? I didn't know the outcome. I didn't know actually what it was going to be. Can we get the picture, please, for joy matures us? Just one back. I think it's the fire. You know, there are trees that survive fires and winters. Some of these trees have bark that is fire retardant so that even when a fire blazes through, it protects the inner part of the tree. Maybe you're sitting here today facing a battle we'll never fully be able to comprehend. Maybe you've experienced unimaginable loss. Maybe your trial has no physical scars, but in the depths of you, you are weary and crying out to God. You know, friend, let me tell you today that God sees you. He sees you and he wants you to know how much he loves you. He delights in you and you bring him joy. As I've been reading about joy, is this paradox that they talk about where grief and joy can coexist 
You know, word tells us there's a time to grieve and to feel the pain or sorrow of what has happened or is happening to you. Weep with those who are weeping, rejoice with those who are rejoicing, but rejoice because God loves you so incredibly that he has not left you to face this alone. We can hold on to hope. Our hope is in Christ. It's not in our circumstances. We can be joyful because we hope in him and in him we have salvation. We can trust him even and especially when we can't see the end and we don't know how things are going to turn out. You will only find the greatest comfort in the arms of God. And we need to stand on the word and the truth. You know, the enemy will come to steal and kill and destroy. The enemy will come to rob you of your joy. This morning I woke up to a phone call from my sister, who we know is away. She said, hey, Ash, mum had a turn last night. She's in hospital in Brisbane. What does that mean? What does that mean, a turn? Let me assure you, my mum is fine. But I was able to talk to her this morning but I just thought, oh God, oh God, I'm speaking about joy and yet I find myself with many trials where I'm having to choose where I will stand. Will I let those anxious thoughts consume me? Will I let fear, will I let the enemy steal from me what God is growing and has placed in me? Friend, can I say to you, don't let the enemy take. Don't let him take what he has done, what God has done in your life. You know, in Ephesians 6, it says, stand with that full armor. We are given armor to wear. That shield of faith, that sword of the spirit, that is God's word that declares not only who we are in God, but whose we are that we are in him and he is the one who has conquered all. You know, we are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. What are we declaring over our lives? You know, you are his. My friends, stand up, weary warrior. Your day is not done. Rejoice, rejoice, because you are his. Philippians tells us, as Paul is in the middle of jail, and he's saying, rejoice, rejoice. I say it again, rejoice. How can he say that? Let me just add, my results have come back with nothing suspicious. I will have further tests. But thank you, God. We're going to go to joy fills us. You know, in God's presence, we have the fullness of joy. That beginning scripture that found in the Holy Spirit, in his presence, we have the joy. We have the fruit of joy in our lives. We are invited to taste and see that the Lord is good. He fills us to overflowing. He wants us to live a joy-filled life, and he knows that the only way that that can happen is through him. Psalm 5, 11 to 12. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. 
Let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your protection over them, that all who love your name may be filled with joy. For you bless the godly, O Lord, and you surround them with your shield of love. Do you know how much God loves you? Do you know how much he desires you? He delights in you. It is the Holy Spirit, the presence of God in our lives that produces joy that fills us to the overflowing. He grows in us, he sustains us, he matures us, and he causes us to be fruitful so that our joy can be tasted by people around us. God is always, always, the whole story of the Bible is God inviting us into that deeper relationship with him. We are invited to seek, to ask, to cry out, to delight, and to abide in him. I'm going to go to John 15. I love this passage of scripture. I've taken bits and pieces of it. So bear with me as we go. But I believe that these are Jesus' words to you today. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you all these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. You know, friends, you and me, (laughs) we're just like that fruit salad tree. This is the vine we were grafted into. This is the vine we are grafted into. The vine that is Jesus. Let's live with joy. Invite the worship team to come up. And as they do, I'm just going to put out two invitations today. The first one is if you have never accepted Jesus into your life, but you're thinking, yeah, actually, I've got to get into this vine, then I invite you to come, join us for a prayer, or chat to the person you've come, to, come with. Sorry, We want to help you make that first step. And we're ready to walk with you as you begin your faith, your faith journey. Secondly, if you need joy, if you're feeling weary, you're feeling broken if you're in the middle of something and you need joy or you need people to come around you can I encourage you come up for prayer maybe even just at your seat maybe there's something in what I've shared today that stirred your heart you know all God wants is you he wants your heart He wants you to abide in his presence. 
as the worship team lead us. Come for prayer if you would like. But let's abide in him.